Welcome to Digital Mental Health Conversations, the podcast by SilverCloud Health. The third podcast in our series is about supporting young people's mental health using digital solutions. So let me introduce today's guest. We are joined by Belinda McClelland from Open Minds Partnership, which is part of North Point. Belinda is a qualified art psychotherapist with four years post-qualification experience in children and adolescent mental health. She has worked across child and adolescent mental health services, both in specialist and early intervention services. Her current role involves working one-to-one with young people and offering mental health training to schools and the workforce. Belinda, we're very pleased to have you on our podcast today. Can you tell me a little bit about your service and the work you do there? Sure. So I work for Calderdale CAMS, Open Minds, provided by North Point Wellbeing. And I'm a CAMS therapeutic practitioner. And our service work closely with schools in Calderdale and also in Leeds, as well as providing support through our first point of contact, where we triage all incoming referrals into CAMS. And we also kind of offer individual sessions for young people, group sessions, and provide support in schools. Okay, great. So can you tell me then, within the service, when you brought on board SilverCloud, what was your main goal for using digital therapy? What were you hoping to achieve? Sure. Well, we were really interested in sort of digital ways of working because we're really aware that we're in a really adapting and changing culture and that actually our young people are engaging more and more with digital apps and resources. So when I met um, the team, it was really exciting as a service for us to be thinking about how we, can, he, we could implement digital therapy in our service. And we were really keen to encourage young people to build confidence and independence. And we felt that using digital therapy would be really helpful to support young people to start using those skills independently and not become kind of reliant on a service. So our goals when we started looking at the program was how we could make it relevant for young people. So as a service, we really concentrated on identifying a number of clinicians, myself included, who could look at some of the content to make sure that that was really relevant to the needs of our young people. And we also worked with a group of young people who were able to sort of look over the program and give really good relevant feedback about how they felt it could be used for them. So we, yeah, we were really recognizing that there was a gap in our service and wanting to look at how can we use this really great technology to make a real difference in the way we work with our young people. Okay, that's great. So I guess it's really, yeah, we're all very connected, but especially young people. So it it was really giving them help in a way that they would want to access it. And what are the challenges or, or are there any other challenges you would say that using digital has helped you to overcome in the service? Well, I think at the moment with sort of the COVID-19 situation, we've been really thankful to have the technology to be able to work digitally with young people. And I think what we're really aware of is despite that, that there are, you know, a number of young people who find it really hard to engage in face-to-face sessions. So we're really aware of young people who might be really anxious or, you know, very low and might struggle to leave the house or find it really hard to sort of meet somebody new. So actually what was great about using the digital program and one of the things we were able to overcome is offering an intervention to young people who might have been missed previously or might not have been able to engage in the service. 
So that's been really great. And I think the big thing that services, particularly, I think, mental health services struggle with is capacity. So I think one of the great ways that we've been able to embrace the digital ways of working is being able to free up clinician time. So if we think about how long it takes for a clinician to see somebody one-to-one, the great thing about the digital program is the amount of time it saves clinicians. And actually the, the work is done sort of independently from the service. So that's been a real boost in terms of clinician time. And again, I think the challenges of doing sort of time-limited pieces of work, what we found is that we're not pressured to complete the piece of work in a really quick amount of time. Actually, young people can go away and use the program independently and use it in their own time. So actually, when we've thought about how our service can be really adaptable, I think what's great about digital ways of working is that young person has a lot of control over how it's used and they're able to fit it in really well with their lifestyle. So there's been quite a lot of challenges that sort of as a service, we feel digital ways of working has sort of really plugged the gap for us. Yeah, so just to give some, I guess, context for people who may not know. So the idea behind the program is that, you know, there's therapeutic content in the program largely based on cognitive behavioral therapy. And the idea is that young person works through the exercises and content and tools in the program. And then they can share that content with a supporter that would be, say, you or someone in the service. And then they would get reviewed. Is it weekly? They would have reviews where you can check in on what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So we we sometimes offer them weekly or for some young people, they might opt to have a fortnightly check in. Um, so it's dependent on the young person as well, which is great because some young people want a little bit more support and others are quite self-sufficient and are quite happy to just have, you know, a longer period of time. But we do sort of a regular check-in, mainly weekly. And the check-in would be giving them feedback on the activities. And would you also say guide them towards different tools or content in the programme that you think would be useful for them? Yeah, so, I mean, one of the things I think I've, I've sort of been really inspired by kind of being a supporter is, it is that kind of, I suppose, that, that distant approach where because the program has some really good evidence-based tools and it is, you know, it's really thorough what's actually in the program, our role is, as you said, to just encourage them and particularly for young people who might be struggling and not quite know where to start we're able to sort of guide them into what topics or what modules will be really helpful. So that's, that's kind of our aim is to encourage them and support them to use the program and obviously link them into what bits of the program will be really relevant for them. Okay, great. And I, we kind of covered this a little bit already, but what would you say has been the main impact then on, on patient care for young children or on their experience of therapy? I mean, I think you spoke a little bit already about how it maybe makes them a little bit more independent or encourages self-care a little bit more. Yeah, I think one of the things that we often see with young people when we look at working with them therapeutically is they sometimes become quite dependent on that interaction, you know, that face-to-face interaction, or sometimes they don't realize how much they're, you know, how much they're taking away from sessions. And I think the beauty of the Silver Cloud program and using the digital ways of working is that young person is relying on their own skills and they're developing that sort of independent from a therapist sitting with them one to one. So I think one of the main things that we've seen is young people really taking ownership of their own treatment and actually seeing 
um, and being very positive about the changes that they've been able to make, sort of independent from us. And that's been really encouraging. Um, and what's great about the tools is they support young people in the moment. So what we're very aware of when we support people with their mental health is that the service is only open kind of, you know, nine to five. And if a young person is struggling and they're wanting some support, the digital program is available whenever they need it. So actually what's great and what young people have talked very positively about is when they're really struggling, you know, that might be in the middle of the night, that might be on an evening, they're able to sort of log in and do the work there and then, which is great. So actually in terms of young people being able to use the program, again, they're able to use it in their own time, they're able to fit it around their lives, you know, so we're very aware that young people are very busy, you know, we've got young people who are, you know, who are in the middle of their exams, for example, GCSEs, A-levels, you know, or they might be struggling to travel into sessions. Um, so the great way of, sort of working in this way is that they're able to fit it around their busy schedules and they're able to sort of engage with the program when, when it feels appropriate for them. Sorry, and I was just going to say, I can imagine that's probably very helpful right now. I mean, you mentioned the COVID situation earlier. So what is the situation at your service right now? Are you holding face-to-face appointments or is this something that's kind of filling that gap right now? Yeah, so currently we, our service are offering remote working. So we're not actually offering face-to-face sessions. So what's been great about having the digital option for young people is actually that we have seen a real high uptake. And what's been really good, one of the things we were quite kind of, I suppose as clinicians, we were a little bit nervous about was, you know, if we sign young people up to this program, are they actually going to do it? Uh, Because I suppose, you know, typically we're aware that, you know, some young people really struggle with motivation. You know, you try and get them to do things kind of independently and they, you know, you think they're going to pick up a fuss or they might not, you know, they might not engage. Um, But what we've actually seen from looking at some of the evidence and some of the feedback and some of the figures that are coming back from this is that young people, you know, some young people are spending hours on this program every week. And when they're logging in, you know, they're not just logging in for a couple of minutes. They're really sitting down and and using the program in depth, which I guess for us is really encouraging because what we're seeing is when young people, when we get in the fit right and we're, you know, we're encouraging young people who really sort of criteria wise fit the program, they're working really well with it and they're actually dedicating their time and energy to doing it. And I think with COVID, that's been really good because young people have had more time on their hands. They haven't had, you know, a lot of times when we work with young people, we talk about distraction and what can they do to boost their mood? Whereas actually we've all been sort of stuck inside. Maybe we haven't had the same, you know, the same distractions we might have been able to have. And what's been great about using digital ways of working is that when those young people have struggled or they've had time on their hands, what we found is they're actually engaging in the program. So, we, yeah, we've seen quite a high uptake and it's been really good to have that uh, option for young people. Great. And you, and you spoke a little bit about criteria there and when you get the fit right. And of course, this isn't going to be something that's right for every young person. So I guess what would you say would, are the kind of children that this has been working well with or, or what criteria, you know, if you were speaking to another camp service, what would you say, you know, would be quite a nice fit for digital work? Sure. What we're finding is kind of from the front end, I think this is a really useful tool for young people where 
is that early intervention. You know, they might not have they might not have a lot of knowledge about, you know, so if we think about the education we give young people around um, things like anxiety, depression, it might be for a young person who's right at the beginning of their journey. You know, they might, particularly in our service, we're focusing on the space from anxiety program. So this might be where young people haven't had an intervention before. And actually, they're, they don't know that much about anxiety. So it, we found it's been really helpful for young people who are coming in for the first time. So they're new to our service. We've also actually found it useful for young people who haven't, have had an intervention before and they actually just need a top up uh, because like, like you mentioned, you know, it's based on um, cognitive behavioral therapy. The tools and the content is, is evidence-based and a lot of young people, it's that reminder of what they've done. So they're able to sort of look through the tools and have that refresher, have that reminder. And I think with the young people that we're looking at, we're looking at young people who have a high motivation to engage independently. So this might not be as useful for a young person who does need a lot of encouragement to engage. So where we've seen it work best is for young people who are really keen to work with the digital program and who are able to kind of log on and they are able to sort of get on with the work on their own. So although we do have the supporter option and we are able to sort of, you know, check in weekly with that young person, there does need to be kind of a level of, of motivation for them to engage in the program. And in terms then of GAF and the service, what, you know, you spoke a little bit about the impact for you. What do you think has been the, the positives for GAF and on the service in general? I think for me, and I know sort of I've supported a lot of staff within our service to use the program. I think first and foremost, I'm going to be really honest, there is a fear, I think, amongst, you know, staff that when you talk about digital ways of working, that people think this is going to replace all face-to-face work. And so what I didn't mention earlier is that the, the reason why this way of working is so good for services is because you know, for young people who are appropriate for the service, it frees up space for clinicians to actually see people face to face who really need it. So we're very clear when we think about the digital program, that it isn't, you know, one size fits all. It is, you know, it isn't replacing face to face therapy. It's freeing up capacity for that. So I think with our clinicians, it's been really lovely to see them really engage with that. What's great about the, and we talked a little bit about the supporter role, I think as a clinician, you know, I've worked with, you know, quite high caseloads, you know, when you're working face to face with somebody, you know, as much as it's really, you know, it's really great to support somebody face to face, it's also very tiring, you know, there's a lot of admin that comes with that. And obviously, there's a lot of clinician time and energy that's involved in that. And as a supporter, you know, it is about encouraging that young person to engage in the program, you know, but it is about writing, you know, some encouraging reviews. And also the program is the therapy. So in, in many ways, the ownership of that is very much on the program and the young person. So it's, it's for me, it's been really lovely to, you know, log on to the program and do kind of a five, 10 minute review with a young person, be able to check in and see that they're engaging really well. And that's, that's all my kind of my time and energy in it. So in terms of, for me as a clinician, it's really lovely to have a nice mix of doing face-to-face work, but also having the silver cloud support where it's kind of ticking over really well. And I'm, you know, and I have minimal contact, but what I do have is just very encouraging 
Um, and it's really lovely to write somebody a, a review and encourage them. And again, be able to feed back the positives of what they're doing. So that, I think, for me, that's been really lovely, is just to be able to sort of take a step back from, you know, some of that intense work and just be able to sort of encourage. So that, yeah, that's been really good. And I think clinicians have found that helpful. And I think particularly with the situation that we're in at the moment, it just feels really nice to be continuing to do some kind of work because obviously as services, we're all evolving and adapting. And I know that, you know, for us, our staff team have been very heavily involved in supporting young people. And so it's kind of given us the push we've needed to actually really embrace digital ways of working. And we've seen it have massive, a massive impact within our service. Yeah, it's, very, it's interesting you should mention that. I think we've seen a real acceleration in, in the uptake of digital, as you say, especially now. And I think, yeah, addressing some of those concerns about, yeah, it's not a replacement for face-to-face. And as she was saying, I, you know, I think sometimes there's a concern that the therapeutic relationship is lost. So how do you feel about that? It sounds like you still feel very connected to the young people that you're working with, even though you're communicating in a different way with them. Absolutely. And I think I'll be really honest, sort of as, a, as somebody who's predominantly done face-to-face work until kind of engaging with, with the program, I was quite you know, apprehensive about, well, how is this going to feel? You know, I've never met this young person face-to-face. How am I going to build a rapport with them? But actually the reviews, particularly, I mean, there's, there's varying ways that young people engage. Some young people won't even respond to the reviews. They will just, you know, they'll just be very motivated to get through the program and they won't necessarily write you a comment back. But the great thing about the review is there's an option for the young person to message you back. Um, and what I have found with the, with the messaging is that you do get to know that young person. In terms of our service, we're doing a triage anyway. So we have information about that young person before we sign them up. So we know a bit about them anyway. And for me, it might be young people that I've actually spoken to. So I might have an awareness of them anyway. But because they're using the tools, because they're writing things in the program that we as a supporter can see, you do actually build up an understanding of what they're going through. And I've actually found that some young people, I feel have almost been even more open in their reviews because they're not face to face. So what I found is I have actually built up really great rapport with that young person. And the reviews and, and con- contact that we've had has actually felt very connected. And it surprised me that working kind of digitally, you can still build that therapeutic relationship with someone. And it surprised me how, how, how it's actually felt in the sessions that I, you know, where I've written to them. It's felt very connected and they've engaged really well. Yeah, and that, I guess that makes sense because, um, you know, I know with my own young children, you know, they're doing, using chat on video games and texting each other. So, you know, for a lot of young children, it's a way of communicating there. Like you say, they're very familiar with and might be more comfortable communicating that way than face to face for some, you know, not for all. Um, yeah, and, and I think what we're finding with young people as we're sort of publicizing the digital ways of working, that we are having young people who are coming into service who are specifically requesting the support. So, you know, previously, I think there's sort of a misconception that, you know, we, we sort of say to people, you have to have this before you have face-to-face. And I think what I really strongly want to say is this isn't a replacement. You know, this, like I said before, it isn't a, you know, you have to have this and then you can have, you know, face-to-face, which is the perfect thing. 
what we're seeing is that this intervention is an intervention in its own right. And actually that in some instances, it's more beneficial than face-to-face. And it's, we're not using it as have this, then you can have you know, something else. It is a sense that in its own right, it's being used really appropriately. And, it, and, you know, and we've seen young people who've used Silver Cloud and use the anxiety program, and then they haven't been re-referred, you know, so it's hit the mark, it's done what it's needed to do. And I think we're seeing the benefit of that, that actually, as an evidence-based intervention, it stands alone. So I guess that brings me nicely then onto my final question. You know, we're talking about, um, you know, we're obviously in the midst of a pandemic still, and and even you and I were chatting before the podcast about, you know, we wonder, will office life, I don't think, will ever go back to the way it was. Um, you know, so what, I, and I guess for, it's the same for mental health services, like we were saying, you know, we've had to, ad- a lot of services have accelerated their adoption of digital. So what role do you see for digital therapy, say, in the future? How do you see it developing, you know, e- either in program areas or ways it can be used? specifically with young people? Sure. I mean, what's really exciting about our services, I think because we've sort of been embracing um, and we've been very sort of instrumental in, in the development of this uh, program for, the, you know, for young people, we sort of anticipate that there is going to be a lot more um, use, use of this in our service. So in Calderdale, we have a new mental health support teams that are being um, sort of put in place to work really closely with schools to support staff and young people to identify, you know, mental health early. And we're, we're sort of anticipating that this is going to be a big part of the offer that we, you know, that we have with schools. We've seen in the lead service that um, education settings have, have responded really positively about the, you know, with the use of Silver Cloud. They're using it within their schools and we're seeing sort of a really high uptake so what we kind of are, are preempting is that as we move forward, this is a really important tool that can be used for early intervention. And we know how important that is when we consider the, you know, the demand for services is we're finding that, you know, in any mental health, not just with young people, that when things are missed early, you know, they keep, you know, they keep struggling and that sort of level of support gets more and more intense. And I think what's great about some of the digital ways of working is it's hitting the mark early. It's getting in there before, you know, that mental health presentation deteriorates and that young person or that individual needs more, you know, more support from services. And I think what's really exciting about the clinicians in our team is that we're currently working towards using the program as a kind of to complement the face-to-face support. So the other way we've used the program is because the tools are so fantastic, because, you know, the, the tools that are in the program are things that we use every day in the sessions we do face to face. So one of the things that struck me straight off is what's in the program is what we're delivering as therapists. It's a no brainer. When I've seen the sessions, I thought this is really good stuff. The content is really sound. Um, and what we found really helpful is if we've done a piece of work with a young person and we actually think it would benefit them to do some of the tools kind of away from the sessions. We've also used it in that, in that way. And what we're thinking about is how to unlock different modules that might be relevant to different, you know, to different situations. So it might be that we have something that sits well with sort of trauma, that sits well with depression. And we're looking as a service to start um, developing the depression program that looks a lot at kind of behavioral activation. 
So we're, sort of, we're working towards looking at, well, what are the mental health needs and how can we develop this to fit alongside that? So it's all really exciting and we see, you know, a really big role for digital ways of working in our future, certainly. And I think, like you mentioned, in terms of the COVID situation, I think we have to be real and honest and look at actually, you know, how can we use the technology that's out there to work really well alongside, you know, what we're doing. So as a service, we're very excited about our continued kind of partnership with that way of working and are continuing to look at, you know, how can we strengthen that? How can we use that technology? And how can we make it work really well for our young people? That's great. Thank you. Well, thank you, Belinda. That was, that was really great. Really useful for me to hear about what you're doing. And yeah, really, really exciting. Yeah, we'll have to do a follow-up podcast, I think, when we get the depression program done for young people. But yeah, really exciting to hear what you're doing. And thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure. It's been really good to talk about it. And you can probably tell that we're, or I certainly am really passionate about it. And we just, it's been really good just to see it work and to be part of it. And, you know, it is very exciting. It's exciting to, yeah, to be asked to, to chat about, you know, all the amazing things we're seeing in our service. So I'll happily come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, we'll, we'll hold you to that, Belinda. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thanks. Once again, thank you to Belinda for joining us on today's podcast. And in our next podcast, I'll be speaking to Rosie France from Thriving Workplaces about building a proactive wellbeing program for remote employees.